Hello everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Curious K podcast. Uh it's been a while. I think we've been on break for 2 weeks now, but I'm very happy to to be back. Uh my name is Colak Boy for joining us for the first time. And if you don't know, Curious K podcast is a show where I meet with amazing startup founders, ecosystem enablers, VCs, policy makers, and everyone working to make entrepreneurship thrive on the African continent. And to this show, uh we are featuring a very good friend, an old pal, <laughs> uh mm-hmm. a veteran in the industry, and I'm very happy uh to welcome Edwin Ajego on the show today. Edwin, thank you for joining us today on Curious K podcast. Hello everyone, thank you very much for having me. Thank you Kolapo for bringing me to this wonderful platform. Absolutely. It's great. So how are you doing today, Edwin? Are you guys okay? Uh, this is a long day. Um just uh, finished uh, my own uh, webinar so <laughs> Uh, it's, it's it's kind of weird moving from being the one interviewing people to what being interviewed just in really space of twenty minutes. But hey, it's 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 good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, and and, and I find that interesting because uh, through this podcast, I get to ask a lot of questions, right? And uh, when when I'm having when I'm presenting or having conversations, and people are now asking me questions, you know, it's like <laughs> it's kind of weird, right? Yeah, it's kind of well. I mean, it's the best of both worlds. If you ask people questions, yeah. you, be, you should be happy to 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 answer other people's questions. Yeah, I, I think I, 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 I was almost going to start saying, uh, "Hello, everyone, welcome to Tech Biz." <laughs> <laughs> I have to catch myself like guys, this is not your this is not your show. This is curious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, all right, nice. Yeah, so uh, for for guys uh, listening or uh, joining us, uh, Edwin is currently the current director at Eco Innovation Center, and he's responsible for program management. Uh, he created the Eco Innovation School for Culture program. Uh, he's designed the Company First Accelerator program. He's founded his own startup. I mean, he's done amazing stuff in uh, in the startup ecosystem in Nigeria. So Edwin. To have you again, I mean, on Curious K podcast. Oh, come on, man! Yeah, so thank you, Edwin, uh, once again for joining us. Uh, so, can you tell us about your your entrepreneurship journey? Oh, hi guys! Uh, thank you very much. Um, my name is, uh, of course, uh, uh, Edwin Ajogo, uh, country director of Eco Innovation Center. Um, so, my entrepreneurial journey uh, started from when I was in university. Um, so, um, I started like two startups, uh, Doteway Services and, uh, Medbuza with my roommates back then in school. Um, but then before I left, I launched, um, Medrep Technologies when I, before I, then I joined, um, Passion Incubator as an incubatee. Um, I got my raise, I raised my first investment as a, an incubatee, a Passion Incubator, and I, uh, transformed myself to become Emedem Nigeria Limited. When I exited the startup, I became a full-time program director at uh, Passion Incubator, where I helped them to manage their programs, manage the startups, have them to basically organize themselves to be able to uh, ensure that the startups that they have 
within them are generating income and I can provide some reporting on that, uh, uh, on, on all the startups, sorry. So, uh, of course, providing business support too for them to ensure that they're also making money. Then, um, um, from then on, I came, I went to Lofty Alec Partners, which is one of Nigeria's foremost VC firms, indigenous VC firms. Um, I was their national or rather country head of um, corporate venture development. Um, from then on, I went on to become country director of Echo Innovation Center. Um, here at Echo Innovation Center, we are big on um, driving employability and, uh, of course, um, enterprise development. We you know, create programs, we launch programs that are uh, targeted at increasing the profitability of our startups and even others around us, others that are engaged to us, train of our programs is our dream, our vision that we can take them from idea to commercialization to commercialization. Um, so we are involved in a lot of things, but our biggest pride and joy basically is our AOT program, which we hold every year, um, where we try to facilitate conversations between um, policymakers on four major pillars, uh, which is, um, um, which is, uh, which are, sorry, uh, uh, access, uh, infrastructure, talent, and funding. Uh, we've done three, but then pretty much uh, what we do is just try to bring people together, talk, have conversations, build products, come up with policies that you can be able to, that we think will be able to, you know, drive innovation and build up the tech ecosystem. So yeah, um, of course, as I said, that we have other programs. We have the Mushroom. We have our Tech Beast community, which is a community of founders. Uh, we also have our selector program, our incubation program. We do support um, uh, NGOs who have um, specific interest in driving employability and, of course, uh, girl-child empowerment, so like Africa Agility. Um, we also do hackathons. Uh, we have a MacHack coming up very soon. Um, we also are bringing together, we like to facilitate interactions between investors and startups and uh, we have different programs that do that. So, yeah, that's what we do here. At, uh, that's what I do. And that's what we do at the Community Center. So I'm glad to... Thank you very much, Kulapo, for bringing me on this show. Absolutely. T- thank you. Thank you, Edwin, for giving us that background. So I just want us to go back a bit. Uh, you mentioned eMedRep, uh, one of the startups you founded uh, uh, in, in, in yeah. your part, building startups. Can you just give a, a background of the problem you're trying to solve then? Uh, what led to the idea? And what, what what were like the key lessons learned to building Emergep? Okay, uh, so what started Emergep? So I had a friend that was um, sick. I went to the um, hospital then in Ife, and the person um, had some issues with the drugs we were taking. And I kind of like kind of like did our own small investigation, and um, we found out that the drugs were fake. Um, but um, I mean, I, I, I got curious about it and we had a very long conversation in the room that time and we're like, okay, so how is it that, you know, a big school like my school, um, a big invest, a big uh, hospital like this, the invest, that the hospital my investor was running and even at that size and stature, we were still having challenges with sourcing um, original medications and I was really wondering that if, it, that if it, this is so, for a big facility like this, then how many um, how many people out there, how many stores out there are selling pick medication? So that was where I, I got that inspiration from. And I started going around. I went from uh, I went from state to state, meeting pharmacies, trying to understand the uh, pharmaceutical distribution network, uh, the supply chain, and just to understand the key players and try to understand where the challenges are and. I was able to find that out and I built a startup basically to digitize 
um, conversations besides the logistical, uh, the ordering systems between um, retail pharmacies and the, the legitimate origin, uh, legitimate uh, suppliers of um, authentic medication. So I think that was at, at that time that was like the first time that such a an idea was ever you know proposed. And I mean I remember that I had an I wrote a paper on it and I presented a paper to the Pharmaceutical Society of Nigeria at that time and that paper was the basis upon which um, at that time the national distribution framework was designed. So um so I, I yeah it was a very fantastic journey for me. I mean I was able to raise a little bit of money, have my own team, we did some fantastic work. We even won an award from um, NITSTA as one of the most innovative startups in the healthcare at that time. Um went to Dubai, we did a lot of fantastic stuff. Um, I would say my biggest challenges uh, my key lessons I learned when I was building my startup was I, um, really in picking the right team at the early stage. And of course, ensuring that you take care of the kind of funding arrangements you have with your first-time investors. I think, and this is not to say anything bad about my investors or anything, but um, I think I, if, if, I, if I could go back in time now, knowing what I know now, I probably would have made, wouldn't have made um, some... You know concessions or some decisions that I made back then. I think I was still green in the around the gills when it comes to the entrepreneurial space and building a business. So I didn't really understand it. And really, um, yeah, I, I would say that uh, of course, then of course the need for driving your market, getting you getting into the market as quickly as possible, selling your products. Um, so many lessons around technology, ensuring that you build the technology in house as quickly as possible. Uh, ensuring that you can get your beachhead market settled as quickly as possible. Um, you know, just, and of course, it was the biggest lesson I learned was knowing your numbers at that point in time. Um, knowing which numbers to know, how to gauge your company's uh, approach, your uh, profitability, your, um, you know, your, your, your cost of acquisition, just all these numbers you are using to run your business, you'll be able to know them at all times. So, yeah, so many things that I learned and uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm in a better place for it. So, so you mentioned something about building your technology in-house. And as you know, one of the biggest yes. challenges facing startups uh, in Nigeria right now is talent, tech talent, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard mm -hmm. for you to find the right tech talent on your team. It's even expensive for you uh, to keep them. You know, so as a then, what, what mm -hmm. was the process like for you? And what was the time you were building eMedRep? Can you just give us the time? So 2016, thereabouts. Okay. So what was it like building the technology? Mm. Was it built in-house? What was the process like? So when I raised my first investment, all I had was a pitch deck. Um, so but the agreement I had with my first investors was that they would, uh, they would take up the uh, responsibility of building my first product, right? And um, yeah, that was, what we, that was the agreement we had. But then even the arrangement, I had challenges with it because... The people who were supposed to be working on my product, basically guys were doing it as a side business for a, you know, just someone that's, you know, the MD said, oh, this is the guy that I wanted to help to build this thing. And it, there was no full commitment from the team at that particular point in time. So we ended up spending about six months just to get the MVP out. So by that time, we lost a lot of ground in the market. We lost a lot of, you know, time. And um, so looking back, I think, when I say build your, build your product in-house, I mean, it's always great to have not a company, but a person within your team whose responsibility is to ensure that the, the app is ready. I'm not just responsibility, but someone who has the talent 
you know, to ensure that the app is ready and um, your apps are ready, your app website are ready, all your tech platforms are working smoothly. And um, yeah, so I mean, that's a really big challenge. And I, I hear what you say about talent now. And um, so I, I think for them, then, then it was not necessarily, I wouldn't call it a challenge at that time. It was a challenge, but then one of the one of the things that we got with um, our incubator, then passion incubator. I mean, they said that we were, we were able to match us with people that can be able to build our product for us. And but even at that, there was some flaws in that arrangement. But um, I, I would say finding someone who's a tech CEO, who's a tech found, who's a tech co-founder on your team is um, is a blessing. Um, and I think the best place to find them as people that are still in schools. Um, you need to be able to be flexible with the expectations you are expecting from someone that has been in your product, especially still if it's still young and you know, um, uh, young and uh, you you young and um, you know not yet as good as you want him to be. But then you can get you can get you your MVP. And I think what I would advise a lot of founders is that you shouldn't be too obsessed with um, getting a perfect product at the start. I think that's just one of the things that you know a lot of founders get stuck in and they, you know kind of like. Get, find yourself going around and around in circles for a long period that actually, actually achieving um, a lot. I think for me, especially, but then the subjective because it's, it's kind of like depending on the kind of project I build. I mean, if I build a financial services platform that involves people's money, I mean, your app has to be top notch, right? Security, functionality, user, UI, UX, everything, and so on and so forth. But then there are a lot of startups that founders who are too obsessed. Uh, with the app, they think the app is the product, but sometimes the app is not a product, the app is just an enabler, right? And I've seen this a lot, especially in my venture building career, and I'm like, the time that you should focus more on, you know, building the market, getting the getting the market sorted out, you know, getting your first customers, what you should worry about is getting your MVP, and a lot of times, you don't necessarily need a fantastic tech talent to do that, right? You can just start with something, anything at all. Just you're engaging your customers and you're generating income from them. And with the income you are getting, you can be able to hire more talent. You can be able to um, even outsource uh, some things. But then the core of it is that you must have someone within your team who is helping to manage that process, who understands. It may not, may, may not necessarily be able to build what you want, but understand what is needed and can be able to guide uh, whatever you know uh, partner you're using to build a product to be able to ensure that... Uh, your product is built to the best way to to the best point where you can be able to achieve uh, the company's goals. Yeah, so so let's talk about funding now. Uh, uh, for you, then, well, what, how was it like raising your first check? And um, can you just also uh, give a wow. comparison to what is now happening in terms of funding in the ecosystem generally in Nigeria? Uh, so your perspective will be as a founder and also as, as a venture builder or, or ecosystem builder. So, so the good thing about being with about me is that I have kind of like experience from both sides of the coin. Um, being a founder and a founder myself, and I just have to say that, I mean, nowadays entrepreneurs have it easy. I mean, you are a founder, so you know you know what you have to go through to raise our first ten thousand dollar check. I mean, <laughs> the countless meetings, you know. All the all all the events we have to go to just to you know go and put our product in the faces of some people that may just give us about ten thousand, twenty thousand. I mean back then raising fifty thousand dollars was like what? Uh, I mean the Eldorado at that point in time. I remember that first time we heard about um, uh, this travel travel starts raising about five hundred 
$50,000 in like uh, three months. And we're all like, wow, how did they do this? How did they do this? Why did you manage to do that? And we're all crazy about $50,000. And now it's like, I mean, people are doing 50000 proceed. <laughs> I mean, I, heard, I mean, um, I mean, we, we know of, uh, we know of, uh, um, what's her name? Um, Honey Ogunde that raised about, I mean, $2.7 million for our editor startup. We just yeah. a pitch deck. Very yeah. product. I mean, we've come a long way, right? So, I mean, my own journey, for me, if I remember correctly, I mean, I had to, um, there was a meeting in Abuja, I was in Lagos, if I remember correctly, and I was told that there's a potential for meeting investors there. And this was the time when it was first scarcity. And I had to basically enter a petrol tanker from really? Benin. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm, I'm not joking with you. This I entered a petrol tanker. Story, oh, you know, I never told you before. Wow, okay. I There was no fuel, there were no buses. I mean, it, I mean, the time, this was like around um, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., um, I needed, uh, I think, I think the event was like 12 p.m. or 11 p.m. thereabouts. Um, I, I needed to be there and there was absolutely no buses because there was no fuel. So I just saw a tanker going. I just, the tanker was just passing by a stop. I was asking that, okay, anybody that's going towards Abuja, um, uh, just jumping. Everybody was like, the guy, the guy would charge like what, 2,000 naira or 10,000 naira there, but I can't remember. And me, yeah, there yeah, I was, a 21, 22-year-old, I think. I mean, no experience, nothing. And I just like, you know what? I didn't need to get there. I, need to be, I, need, I really need to get to Abuja. And I entered this tanker with them. I mean, <laughs> with their bucket of piss at the back. I mean, sweat, <laughs> no AC. I had to like stay at the back. And I, I mean, I went all the way to Abuja. And it was a scary experience, but it was fun. And I got there and then, so I met that's where I met my first investors. I met them for the first time. Went to Dubai after that. From Dubai, we came back to uh, Nigeria, and I had to go to their office three times a week for about four months, four wow. to six months. Yeah. Before you sign, every time I go, before you sign, you do. So every, every time I every time I go there, I had to like sit in their office for like minimum minimum of three to four hours because. The company is structured in such a way that there are four directors and each director has to give an okay before they can, you know, make any financial decision. So I had each and every director, right? And, it, and note that these guys are never around. They're always traveling. They're always in meetings. They're always meeting. So I will go there. Oh, I want to see this person. Oh, he's not available now. Wait for him. And I will wait. And obviously, I was not a priority. So he will take all his other meetings before he finally meets me. Then he will not ask me a bunch of questions. They will not bring their head of marketing, a head of sales. Do we do this or don't we do this? And I will keep on coming. I came every single day. At the point, by the time I, by the time I, by the time I, um, by the fourth months, I think the, the security man already knew me. I didn't even have to my, I didn't have to, I didn't have to sign, sign in again. I was like a staff. You know, <laughs> everybody knew where I was going to. Oh yeah, here again. Oh, he's in his office waiting for you. Just, um, just go wait in the construction area. Oh yeah, as usual. Yeah, just stand there. Now make sure I go to my phone fully charged. So I put my plug my earpiece and actually, you know, going to the market to go some clients. But then um the mentality then was that um you know the success was was rated by how much you'll be able to raise. And if you'll be able to get commitment of someone that doesn't know you from anywhere to put their money in your business. So 
I mean, I, I completely, I completely ignore the fact that success is actually how much people are actually engaging and selling to, which is actually this is something I, I looking back and I understand. But then, then I didn't know, I didn't know that. But then, um, I mean, well, well, grateful lessons, right? So I, yeah, I had to go down after everything, the six months, the tankard, right, everything. I was only able to raise like what ten million naira, which is was then, which now is like what, um, uh, yeah, no, like twenty thousand dollars now, yeah, twenty thousand dollars now, right? And and I gave twenty thousand dollars away for like what? And when they asked me for thirty five percent of my company, I said yes because I didn't have a choice. I, I mean, I mean, you don't you don't go to a person <laughs> office for six months and it offers you a deal and you say no to it, right? <laughs> I mean. $20,000 for what? Six, five percent of my company. Then that was like, what? I mean, and to make matters worse, it's not that they were giving the money, me, me the money in bulk. They were giving me the money in office space. They were giving me money by payment salaries. And every time I needed money to do anything, I had to make a request for that money. Do you understand? Yeah. And that request, I had to go and convince the four directors <laughs> before they released the money. So there was a time, I remember very clearly, there was a time that I wanted to buy, um, I wanted to, uh, I was applying some medications and I needed to buy, um, you know, we were making some sales, I needed to buy extra products. I needed about two million or well, one million, but I needed to buy systems, I needed to hire new staff and stuff. And it took me three months to get approval for them to release about four millionaire. Two months. Two months. Mm-hmm. So aside from my salary, nothing else was everything else was I had to go and raise money for it. I had to go and basically start the process over again. So I lost a lot of time. The deal was not the deal was horrible for me. But then I I'm I'm waiting for rest. And we, we see despite all the challenges, we're still able to do a lot of you know talking about it that's giving me memories. <laughs> But um, really, um, it's fantastic, and uh, yeah, we had. Uh, uh, um, I'm happy for them now. I mean, now there's a lot of um, investor funds coming to Nigeria. I mean, I think we have raised about. Um, uh, I, I think we had like one point something billion dollars out of out of four billion that Niger- Africa raised like last year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I mean, we are showing now that we are a good market to invest in, and fintech is doing a lot, us a lot of problem. Fintech is doing us proud. Um, and Della too has been doing us proud. And while people are beginning to take more notice, and it's not as difficult as it was before. Mm. I mean, yeah, people are walking away from deals that are, I mean, that are bad for them now. I mean, everybody everybody knows what is what is good and what is not good. And I'm happy for them. And I just think about the past and I smile. And I just hope um, and I hope and pray that this trend continues and of course leads to you know more investment into the tech space. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, your work at uh, uh, EIC Eco Innovation center uh, so uh you mentioned you're big about supporting entrepreneurs can you tell about some yeah. of the programs that you run and i mean what you're doing to you know just change the status course in, in in the system okay. right now so i'm going to do you a solid i'm going to announce um for the first time um about a little program that's coming up real soon uh, I'm not yet put it out in public yet, but because you're my very good friend, I'm going to announce it here for the first time. Oh, um, we have an accelerator. <laughs> yeah, the first um, Eco Innovation Center accelerator program is going to be coming out 
in uh, the, the core factory is going to be launched very soon. Um, and it's a, a $50,000 fund, um, $50,000 for each startup uh, that we choose. We're looking at between three to five adults. We're going to accelerate them to get them their first 10,000 customers, to, sorry, their next 10,000 customers by uh, connecting them with industry uh, corporates who can be able to accelerate them to that particular number and who have interest or similar interest in the same in, in the same industry and can accelerate them to that particular number. Sorry. Um, then, uh, of course, we're providing funding, providing training, and not just training, but training that it's relevant to their businesses. So we'll be giving you training on strategy. Um, we have some fantastic hands um, here. We're doing training on um, legal, um, IP protection. Uh, of course, we're also partnering with a, um, an American venture firm to prepare startups for raising funding from external, from a multinational um Multinational um, um, uh, VCs, uh, um, investors, VCs have to register their companies in the US. We also put in providing that service to us, but it's not going to be in a facilitator program. So if, if you do a selector, we can help you to register a company in the US so you can be able to get uh, funding from, um, you know, the uh, from uh, um, from foreign investors. So yeah, and that's and many other things. Of course, office spaces will be involved, and it's going to be a fantastic experience for three months. Then, of course, like I mentioned before, you'll be, be giving them 50K for 10% of their company. All right. So that's basically um, what we're going to be launching very soon. And I, I'm, I'm glad to be announcing that in this, sorry, on this platform. Uh, other things we do, we do hackathons. Uh, we also have MacHack that's coming up very soon. Uh, MacHack is Nigeria, one of Nigeria's first marketing and media tech hackathons. Um, uh, we will be uh, hosting that um, We'll be hosting that uh, uh, in um, uh, in May. We also have a convention coming soon. Uh, although I'm, I'm, not, I'm not announcing that, but I'm not going to more detail that. But it's going to be very interesting. It's going to involve a lot of um, going to involve Silicon Valley, basically. Uh, of course, we have AOT. Uh, we have our mushroom event, which we hold to engage uh, basically tech talents, just to engage them with industry players to be sure that they are uh, they are aware of the new um, tools and the new um, uh, new tools, new uh, new skill sets are available, new technologies are available, and they can use that today to grow themselves in their careers and, you know, um, maybe even build products for themselves. Then, of course, we have the tech base, which we hold every Thursday. Uh, and, of course, the tech base community, which is a fantastic community of founders and tech, tech entrepreneurs. So, uh, yeah, this is just some of the things we do. We have, we, we launched this open mic, we have a gamathon coming up soon. Uh, we have an EIS, which is our school where we train on technology, uh, technology skills, tech skills, um, UI, uh, sorry, uh, product management, data science, uh, VR, VX, um, um, data security, information security. Um, um, we have uh, collaborations with Halogen, with Amazon, AWS. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of things that we do, a lot of programming involved. If you follow us on the Instagram at uh, Equity Mission Center, we you see all our activities on even on this, on LinkedIn. If you search for us, Equity Mission Center, you can see all our activities, both uh, ongoing and upcoming, and you can be able to participate. And uh, you know, get, we try to encourage uh, founders and even tech entrepreneurs who find that, uh, people who want to start their career in tech to always be involved in our, our, all our programs, so you can be able to see what's going on and you know. Uh, find your place and of course we provide you all the supports training wise funding wise space wise to ensure that you are able to achieve your goals amazing and um 
So w- what is uh, what is happening now in terms of, I mean, we've spoken about funding. I mean, we had conversation about talent. Uh, yeah. What about infrastructure and, I mean, uh, and the government's contribution to the to the tech ecosystem? What, what can you say is like missing and uh, what do you think can be done to, to improve maybe policies that would drive maybe more investment or maybe growth of talent and you know all that to just make the ecosystem grow better so i think um i think the foundation for everything is really having a conversation which is why we are very big on aot because if you don't talk you really cannot figure out where each other's pain points are i know that the government is really trying its best to you know uh, provide all these things within its own um, limitations to provide an enabling environment for um, you know uh, for for uh, startups and I, I'm really grateful for the Lagos State government and even the office of the um, um, special advisor on innovation Mr. Tubos Malake uh, he's really one of our major um, he's one of our major cheerleaders within the government and we need more people like him you know in strategic places in government. And I think that's one of the things that we're looking at. Um, we, are, we are missing, basically. We, we need people who have the, visionary, the visionaries, uh, the vision, who are the vision, and who are visionaries in, you know, basically looking at what we have and what we need uh, to put this in place. I mean, I think uh, a lot of things need to be invested in the infrastructure, a lot of things need to be invested in curriculum, talent training. Maybe we won't be in a talent-producing mechanism that is outside the school system. I don't know. I, I think I, I think it's really down to policies, like you said. Uh, but then, to be able to do this, um, there has to be some more of interest, movements, financial movements, policy movements from the part of the government to ensure that this happens. And I think we are on our way there. Uh, Setup Bill has shown that the government is interested in you know our space. I mean, they've seen what we've been able to achieve so far. And I, I, I mean, tech, tech is... is uh, is is estimated to create about three million jobs in twenty twenty five. So there's a lot of there's a lot of you know everybody can see even the blind man can see that tech is the way forward. I mean, for Nigeria and and then, yeah and then we are uh, really excited to see what the government is doing and and uh, we set up bill and of course with uh, with true boi and uh, of course uh, Dr. Luka the people is very very big supporter of startups and their endeavors. Uh, so these are things that we we are hoping that we have more people like this. I think for government is really about having people who are interested in startups in the in the cycles of power. And uh, when we start having more people like this in government, we'll be able to see changes soon. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, as we round up, Edwin, is there any other thing you would like to share with us? Like everyone that's listening, to just you know follow us, follow Economic Innovation Center, and just. Uh, see um you know what we're doing and i think just to really participate in our programs uh for those who are non-tech founders who want tech founders i mean just go and like see what we're doing and just try and participate um of course thank you again for this amazing opportunity and i really enjoy what you're doing and i think uh, I, I really want to see how far you can grow because this is a very very very, very fantastic platform and of course um i'll just drop a little nugget for um aspiring founders i mean i'll just tell you straight up right it's not easy right entrepreneurship is not a get rich quick uh scheme uh you need to be able to do the work there's a lot of work that needs to be done 
mas nilipos um, we are in a market where there's so many problems <laughs> and which is a good thing i mean there's so many problems there's so many things we can there's so many things that we can do um, so many things that need disrupt- disruption healthcare needs disruption fintech still need i mean as as much as fintech has come far i mean there's so much to be done agency networks need to be, need, need to be optimized so many things that need to be done i mean we know we won't scratch the surface on what we can do with vr with iot you know with ai and, um, I, yeah so i just really want people to i mean i, I really want entrepreneurs people who are um you know who are inclined to building products to really get that thinking caps if you have any fantastic product you want to build please reach out to us at economy we, we are willing to support you with funding uh with soft with uh, industry connections we're willing to give you everything that you need to be able to build the next unicorn uh so um for us really uh it's just about just ensuring that uh, tech ecosystem in nigeria becomes you know competitive with anything that's out there in the world right and i and uh i hope that we get there i know we get there short slowly but surely we will definitely get there yeah absolutely thank you for your time thank you for joining us i know we went through a lot before we were finally able to record this <laughs> a lot of <laughs> issues <laughs> but my list were really working hard against me to do this. <laughs> yeah 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 thank, okay. thank you edwin awesome. for being on the show no problem bro yeah all right everyone thank you for listening uh, to this episode of curious k podcast uh, i hope you enjoyed it and if you did feel free to share with your friends and family and let's meet again next week see you guys see you